Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hello. Oh, she uh, Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. You. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. Hey. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Welcome back to Fry Dudes. Great to have you again. And for you first-timers, buckle up. Uh, we are a bunch of flawed dudes getting real and pursuing truth. And this week, we tackle, I don't want to go. Most of you didn't, or you still don't want to go to church. Maybe your church sucked. Maybe it was the people, or maybe you just aren't, weren't in the mood uh, we do talk about our kids, but make no mistake, we are also talking about you and me as well. Um, most, if, if not all, of us have gone through the season of the church of me and uh, the church of doubt. So that's what we tackle today. Um, yeah, give it a listen, check it out. All right, welcome Friday dudes. We already got our, th- well... Took about a half hour to get into it, but we have our theme. I don't want to go. So Jared, you got us started. You'll be you'll be backing us up. I guarantee there's others that have been inspired here. Um, personally, for myself, I I was forced to go to church most of my youth. I think Ricky T as well, right? <laughs> Our parents have felt the same. I I didn't get a lot out of it. I was forced to go, and then the the season of my twenties was the church of me. I did not want to go, and I didn't go. And then my wife dragged me back in, and then some of the stuff started resonating. But this whole subject got started by, Jared, you were sharing about your kid doesn't want to go. Anyway, go ahead. You were going to lead with something. Otherwise, then we're going to go back to Rock and Rick. So, okay. come on. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I interrupted. Well, no, I do remember, actually. Okay, go. Now. Okay, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I agree with, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the leadership of youth. I mean, I think um, it's a very difficult place to really convey Jesus when you're, when you're actually just, you feel like you're babysitting. You babysitting. And, 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 you know, I guess if you can at very least uh, convey what a Christian is, what a true Jesus follower is, by behaving in, in that way, you know, in front of the kids, then that's maybe that's the best you can do. Um, I, I remember in, I only went to a few Sunday school classes, you know, because my parents weren't really practicing. Now, you didn't grow up in a house like that at Not all. at all. Right. Um, I found, Jesus found me here. Jesus called me back uh, when I was 18. Huh. And um, I found Jesus again, I should say. So, um, I remember one thing, and that was the books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, sure. so, you know. and so uh, that's, I remember a song. Um, that's all I remember um, about church before I was 18. That and my Why mother. did you go back at 18? Um, some uh, friends, I, was, I moved to California yeah. um, when I was 17, and when I was 18, I was going to Terra Linda High School, which is in Marin County. Okay. And So northern. Mm-hmm. Lovely place, mm-hmm. and there was. I could see the Golden uh, Gate from there. Hmm? Could see the Golden Gate from there. Yes, I could from my yeah. house. Yeah. Wow, I, I that's could amazing. See, I could see the, the Oakland Bay Bridge actually from my house, and a little bit of the Golden Gate. Um, 
a girl uh, invited me uh, and some other friends in my English class, I think it was maybe, or my journalism class, they invited me to church and um, it wasn't because I was like I had a crush on the girl, they were just friends, you know, I had a lot of girls who were friends in school, yeah. that's kind of where I gravitated toward. And so a couple of them were going to a, a semi-charismatic church and um, invited me. And so I went, and then I accepted Jesus, and um, I was baptized. And um, the day I accepted Jesus, I the day after I accepted Jesus, I went home. I accepted Jesus at night after church, I think. And I went into school, and I found a bookmark on the ground in my class um, that was Romans six twenty three. Uh, right, so it was. Uh, um, the, the, now I yeah. What is Romans six twenty three? I don't uh, know that one. The, the, I, I know enough. To, I, it, the wages of sin is death, but uh, but eternal right. life is found in Christ Jesus. Jesus the God's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, and so um, that you just happened to find that bookmark on the on the ground on the school ground the very next at day. school. <laughs> Yeah. A secular school, yeah, public yeah. school. Mm -hmm. Okay, and That's uh, I think my friend Amy dropped it. You know, and, oh, um, <laughs> she might have planted it. Well, it could be. <laughs> like she plants things around his house. She didn't know I accepted Jesus, uh, and, and so um, so that was good. Um, but I, I, you know, I didn't live that way um, really very long. Maybe a, a year. I mean, I remember some things, some choices I made that were. That I was, I had God in mind when I made those choices yeah. um, to reject uh, sexual activity with a particular couple, of particular girls, and, and things like that. Things that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really known to do prior to accepting Jesus. And um, I went, I was going through a lot of depression. My mom, you know, because my mom mm, had right. died just six six years prior to that, mm -hmm. and so. Um, had a really rough home life. Uh, my dad was a good guy, but you know he he had his he had his issues. So um, I guess the point was that uh, there was no I wasn't raised in the school in, in the church, and um, I because of that I didn't I didn't continue to go to church. It wasn't a habit, um, and I didn't live that way until I was probably, you know, well, a couple of, maybe a couple of years ago, really, four years ago. Four? Well, I started, uh. I, you know, my, Michelle used to drag me to uh, church, and uh, it was really rough. Uh, you know, sometimes I didn't want, most time I didn't want to go, and, 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 and I'd fall asleep in church, and it, Hosanna. Yeah. Um, and, and then she said, you know, you're really good at, uh, um, technical stuff so you know she noticed that they were uh, <coughs> getting they needed volunteers for the tech ministry for the production yeah and so I volunteered um, I had just quit drinking um, you know I, I was drinking really hard and um, through treatment and, um, and when I finished treatment I started volunteering at Hosanna and so, uh, that actually is what saved me. 
and that's when I fully accepted Jesus. Just um, last May, finally, uh, fully accepted Jesus, accepted the Holy Spirit in and, and told God I was ready, you know, and, and that's when all that stuff happened with the bicycles and the divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the enemy was attacking me because he knew that um, Jesus had me. So my, my problem, and this all ties in, trust me, is that I, I don't really know that much. Like, you know, you're, you're very biblically knowledgeable, Rick, but I, I'm not. And I'm a child in, in, the, in the faith right now. And um, it's really hard for me to direct my children when I didn't. We raised them going to church, mm. but, but I didn't disciple them. Yeah, um, this is what his, this is the theme he's talking about. And and I and I'm trying now, but I, I I don't have the weapons that I need to fight that war against uh, wow. the, against right. Satan, which really he has a hold of my one of my children and possibly you know he's working on the other two. You know, um, they're very on. They're not really. I don't know what the word is. It's not ambivalent. It's, uh, Indifferent? Indifferent is a good word. Let, let me recap here quick, Jared, for everyone here even around this table. There, we all have seasons of screw this. Yeah. So right now your kids go on screw this. Interesting enough, you grew up in a house that wasn't Jesus-centered. Well, my dad was, so, it was a swear word. A swear word was the center? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Right, right. He was and, and, and yeah. you know, and saying that, you know how many years it's taken me to say the, the, the word Jesus without feeling icky? Oh, wow. Um, That's crazy. I just recently. I, I know that there's many that know ago. that. I feel that. Um, thank you for sharing your testimony. I always joke, too, this is like the um, season of the office. You each got, you have your certain weeks where certain people step up and share more. So I appreciate it, Jared. Because you got us know on this theme called I Don't Want to Go. They came from others mm-hmm. where the heart is, you, you, you're, you're into this full on, now you want your kids to be full on, but the kids are also independent minds. Could, they, could yeah, you, please. And it ties into this, it's a curiosity question, and kind of Rick, you were talking about the structure of youth ministry and how they came to be in the Sunday school and that sort of thing, and how it's structured after modeling after the public schools, right? And so much of what the kids are doing, and the parents view it as a curriculum to get confirmed to graduate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Complete these requirements, attend so many times, go to so many service very events. Confirmed, and very you're good, done. It's, so so yeah. my question is, um, you, know, you know, baptism is a sacrament, communion is a sacrament. Is, where does confirmation fit from a biblical, from a historical standpoint? Is, is that, oh, again, is that a man-made thing? It's, it's man-made. So I asked a question, then I want to go back to the answer, and because part of what I think about and even, you know, we talk about the kids being forced to go because of that. And, uh, you know, from a, from your relationship with Christ, I guess, how important is having that stamp of confirmation at 13, 14, 15 versus continuing a biblical education and just understanding and getting to that point of spiritual maturity at well past 13, 14, 15. Probably 39. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I'm just curious if, I don't want to oh, go a long way. Let's definitely go into scripture. All right. Yeah, let's go. So this that, is Ephesians six. By the way, I want to pause, preface here by saying, everyone, everyone, people listening to this, we're thinking like we've been Bible bangers our whole life, but let's just just do a quick poll. At least 
So you said 39. Well, so that's, you, so that's my, actually, I should. Well, I, 18 I and then. That. I was 42. 42, I don't want to go, then 42 was when I started going back to church and believe, you know, and participating and volunteering, and that's actually what brought me back. Um, right, but so Jeff, you were five when I fully this, accepted Christ. This kick, okay. <laughs> then this for you kicked in. I was I mean, really my whole life, another gear. But it really kicked in about four or five years ago. Four or five, like right? Yeah. Your forties. Forty three. Forty three. Okay. G. Hit another gear, right? Um. I just want, for those who are thinking that this has been our whole life, we've been this way, that's not it at all. There was definitely a season, a lot of us, at least to empathize, for any kid that doesn't want to go, like, you don't want to go? I didn't want to go for a period of my life, so I, it, you're, not, you're not alone on that. But let's, let's, yeah, let's go to Scripture. Go again, Rick. Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the dis discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you honor mother and father, but what if your mother and father are rogue? You know what I'm saying? What if they're... There's one side. But the other side, for those fathers sitting around this table that so badly want their kids to go, what was that again? Don't, do not what? Don't do your... Uh, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't right. provoke your children to anger. And that's why I'm concerned. That's the first thing I heard when I heard that when I, after I prayed this morning at like 3 o'clock in the morning. That's one of the first things I heard, and it, it struck a chord because when I ask my kid to go to church, it provokes him to anger. He so, does this grunty thing, and he breathes, and he does his face, and I'm like, dude, cut it out. So let, let me do a, just a, a quick summary summary though of, of where we're at. The, the challenge is somewhere between 40 to 90% of youth are leaving the church after they go through youth ministry. They think it's a they think it's a finish line. Yep. That kind of parents parents are led to believe by the church that hey don't try this at home. We're professionals. Yeah. So they just follow the rules and they drop their kids off every Wednesday and then pick them up an hour or an hour and a half later, thinking that oh okay this is leading my child to salvation. When when you look at the statistics, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. So Matt, you're here. You're nineteen. Twenty. Twenty. But your father. Mm -hmm. Is a leader in youth ministry? No, he no. Isn't, no. Oh, he volunteers. Okay. He is there. I am a leader. He's, doesn't he, your father volunteer too? He does tech quite a bit. Oh, tech. Okay, yeah. but he's, opposite side though, Matt's trying to get his dad. <laughs> you're trying to, or at least trying to, you tried to get him here. I know. Well, so I did get him here. Yeah, you did get him here. He's That's been right. here. Yeah, I've seen him in church. Your dad's a leader in, you know, and helps with the church. Yeah, and yeah. you help with the church. But was it through that? church connection that your faith was made strong or was there something at home uh i would have to say church is definitely a key factor to why i believe but i when i was growing up my parents did go to church occasionally um but then when we moved when we got evicted from our house uh we just stopped going completely for like five six years mm. and then when my dad met my stepmom now uh they, uh, she brought him back to church, and in, in, in the end, I got brought back to church. And then, you know, the whole, the whole middle school ministries thing, uh, 
I was getting off the bus, the activities bus from soccer one day, my last, like it's early September, my 10th grade year, and my stepmom drives by and she's like, get in, we're going to church. And I'm like, uh, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go. And she's all like, I already, I already paid for it. So we get in the car and I'm like, fine. And I jump in the car and I'm just like, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden I walk in and just like, I had no idea who's all like in this, like group that I'm about ready to walk in on and like in the end it led me to this group like hmm. that's how you met this guy so you met Hot Rod I met Tom Hot yeah. Rod and yeah no I've met a, quite a few friends I have a co-leader that I lead with he's my ninth grade group it's it's good times hmm. No. God is your father. Your your father yes. though, just because I've seen him on Wednesday nights, uh-huh. so he does help out. He does with, do tech, with you tech, tech okay. sometimes, and then he just sits around sometimes when he's not helping. He, my brother's he's a church group. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. But the the what I'm getting at is he's there with you. Yes. Yeah. In in one way or another. So <clears throat> the youth ministry was designed to say, from the church standpoint, is that look, we will disciple your children. You don't need to do this. And when we look through Scripture, we see that the actual opposite is true. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, hey, you know what? Churches, set up a youth ministry and disciple children. In fact, if you go back and look at Jesus, when Jesus was, was teaching, where were the children? Were they in the nursery? Or were they right there with the parents? Mm-hmm. Jesus never said, hey, go to the nursery and grab a child. You know, they're, they were right there with the parents. What does the and, parents need? Sunday school too. Well, that's well, that's what I'm getting at. Is yeah. that is there that are a lot of parents? The parents, Jared, you feel like you said, hey, I'm not qualified to disciple. Well, I'm sure a lot of parents feel like that. So they feel like, oh, I'm going to let the church do this. But we have a system set up that is designed for failure more than successes. I mean, if you were saved through youth ministry, that's fantastic, right? That's awesome. Yeah. But then, how about the eight kids that were driven away from the church that were not saved? In fact, they went the opposite direction. And so the, the bottom line is, is that Sunday school is not biblical. It's based on a public school system. And we as fathers are commanded, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the dis, uh, discipline and instruction of the Lord. So the question is now, what do we do about it? And also from an outreach, we're, unfortunately, we're, in a, we're kind of in a losing model. In that statistically, it's t- the the numbers are against us. And that of those ten kids, Jared, that you and I are just are doing our Sunday school with every Wednesday, um, four to eight, or maybe even nine of them, we're going to drive out of the church because their parents are force feeding them, and we're trying to babysit. And like we don't really even have an opportunity because they they do not want to be there. So what's not happening at home has a much greater impact. Biblically, you know, than, than, than what we can do in the church. One minute challenge because I definitely am sensing there's some other voices that need to speak up. We're 10 to the hour. You know, so. one thing that, that got yeah. me when I was younger is as in high school, it looked like people were kind of playing church. You know what I mean? Like I go to this, what, university or whatever, there was nothing real about it. Playing church. Yeah, you know? that's how it seemed to me. Like, you know, it just didn't seem like it was worth the cost because you're mm-hmm. going to have to, if you're going to give yourself to this, you're going to have to deal with some, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you, rejection or whatever. When I went away to college, what I liked is some people told me the truth, okay? Mm. I knew it wasn't going to be easy from the get-go, and that was attractive to me. It's like I knew that this was going to take everything I had. That was attractive. And then 
even though I wound up drifting years later, at least I had some skin in the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was like, I wasn't playing church. It was real. I, was I love that, you know playing what I'm church. And that's what it was. And so I think with these kids, we coddle them. We want the church to be fun and this and that. It's like, and it is, it could be, but there's, we got to tell them the truth, you know? And I don't, I don't, I don't have any kids, but that's, that's what affected me. You know? Oh, Peter, I love that. I know people relate to that. I'll open back up. Some grew up in a church where this is where the Johnsons sit, and this is where the Anders sit, and uh-oh, the Jensons are gone this week, and they're, they're all going through the motions. Yeah. They're, they're jumping through hoops, no heart. Was someone, someone else going to... Peter, a lot of churches do that to the adult service, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, yeah. that's not just the ch- children's service, but it's the yeah. adult service as well. Yeah, yeah so we are in a consumeristic nation, which is why our, our churches are so weak. Like, mm. I had a Muslim neighbor who told me, you Christians in America are not like Christians around the world. He came from <clears> Yemen, <throat> where the Christian church is being decimated by ISIS and by other mm-hmm. non-believers, and, and their faith is stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Because the church was never birthed out of comfort. It was mm-hmm. birthed out of pain and out of sacrifice. And now we're like, I'm not going to go to that church unless they have comfortable chairs, unless they're feeding me donuts, unless they have coffee, unless there's like a good sound production. And it's all about me, me, me. Yeah. When Jesus is like, go, go, unless you are willing to die, unless you are willing to lay down your selfish ambitions every day, shoulder the cross, and follow me, you are not worthy to be my disciples. Mm-hmm. And so why? Kids, okay, so Gen Z and millennials, I'm a millennial. We don't want to just sit in church. We want to do. We want to see motion. And we don't want to follow a bunch of what they call boomers who just want to sit in church and be comfortable. And so if you want to disciple your children, get up and do something. Amen. Amen. I, you inspired that. And Rod, we'll go to you momentarily. Um, I, hold on. I, Brock, again. Brock's the one. He's, he, my son, he's not really into it. Are going all the time. It's just he's not on fire with it yet. The seat's been planted, but this is this is his decision. But we did through DT's acts of friendship. Uh, we met a family and served a guy named Octavius and his young family for a day. And Brock said, "I got more of that. Yeah. I, I would rather do that than be in church. Yeah. I would rather be serving people in love and in Christ." And by the way, some of you went on the Mexico mission, thanks to Rock and Rick for spirit and that. Brock also said in those four days of serving in Mexico, he got more of that than all the church of his whole life. That's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. The, the power of action versus just sitting in a pew, listening and singing. I'm not, not saying that's not important for everyone, but I'm just saying there's the theme of the action. And then, I'm sorry, Rod, you're gonna say something. Like, I've been really keeping it in because this is my mission field. This is exactly what God put me on this earth at this time for. I mean, I grew up in the church. I was a good little church boy. I went to college, threw it all out the window because I wanted to party without feeling guilty, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you're growing up your whole life, they're saying, believe blindly, just have faith. And then everything else says, don't believe that stupid infomercial, do your research. Yeah. And so I was going to research every religion before I believed in one. So I mm-hmm. pushed my Christianity off to the side, realized I was agnostic. To me, there's a bigger power out there. But um, it took a while for me to come back into my faith. And, you know, if you're in college, you're too busy partying to research anything. 
<laughs> so, so I really like I harmonize with a lot of the kids that are coming out of high school and why they leave their faith. I get it. Yeah, too. Um, so it, it's been an easy bridge for me with parents that have kids that are doing that. And I always use the fish analogy. You know, when you get to that junior year and after in high school, as a parent, you're feeling like this is my last second to yeah. get them in line before I let them go. Mm. And you got this prized fish on your hands and you're really squeezing that fish because you don't want it to get out of the boat. <laughs> right. But because you're squeezing that fish, that fish wants to get free, so it squirms harder, and you're yeah. squeezing harder, and you're squirming harder, and you're yelling at that fish, like, stop squirming, and I'll stop squeezing. Mm. And the fish is like, stop squeezing, and I'll stop squirming. Wow. You know, it's just this back and forth. Um, Ricky and I agree, and I'm not getting struck by lightning yet, but Rick brought up a few weeks ago how the church, and I'm going to sum it up, tell me if I'm wrong, but the church isn't made to make believers. Mm-hmm. It's made to strengthen believers. So you have to believe. Then you come in a group of believers and be strengthened. Yet we send our kids there to become believers. Yeah. Most of the youth that I've worked with, I would say less than 50% by a long shot, parents go to church regularly. You know, you ask them, do your parents pray in the house? And they look at you funny. <coughs> Yet we'll, as leaders, we're so passionate and see God's miracles every day in our lives. And we bring those things up. And it seems so far from their reality. Mm-hmm. I've learned, especially with youth ministry, that, okay, well, here's a tool I'm given. I have a sledgehammer. Can I build a house with it? Yeah. I have to swing it differently. <clears throat> so to me, my youth groups have become more of a bonding point. These kids are all, the only thing they have in common is they attend the same church, and a lot of them attend the same school and hang in the same circles. So if they can become a tight group, so they can share their hard times with each other. And we bring it into this once a week group and that's a point where they can really, nobody from the outsides around to judge them. We can bond as a group and I can just, whatever the spirit puts on my heart, I can share into that. It might be a seed that's planted and then later on when, they, when they're leaving and they're getting ready to leave, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna believe in Jesus, that's fine. The seed's there. You know, for me, what brought me back to my faith was when I looked at every faith as far as I knew them, the one that harmonized with what I felt inside the most was Christianity. Mm. So I opened up the door and started to look into it and listen. And like, it sounds a lot like that's what your son is doing. It's like, this is, I'm not a Christian, but if I had to choose one, this is one that's probably right, but I'm not going there yet. But if you, if you just hang out with them more than push them into something, they're more likely to be open to it. Oh, Rod, thank you. There's a lot there. Um, I am getting a distinct pull in one direction. It's, it's your way a little bit, buddy. So sorry, I'm gonna put you in the spotlight again. Uh, my buddy G has kind of had this vision of uh, where we're mapping where we're weak or where we could be better in all facets of life. I know it's cliche, but we are going into the new year, okay? I know, we, I know we don't have anything firm yet, but there's a vision here, and I want to make sure we realize it, inspired by Rod's words and all your words here, that for those that feel they're not quite versed enough, by the way, Jared, thanks for getting the party started. Thank you and thank you. For those that feel they need to get more versed, um, uh, we're going to be setting some goals for those that want to do it. I mean, actually writing stuff down. And then anyone listening that wants to participate either uh, well, virtually, they're welcome to come along with us. Um, 
you mind just again replugging some of that or actually any reaction to of what you heard? Yeah, I mean basically, you know, what I was thinking of listening to this is is it's take ownership, right? <clears throat> and that's kind of what we're talking about when we do this uh, get together on, on who wants to take us up on on mapping out where you want to focus. But, you know, it's one-on-one discipleship, what I'm thinking of, Rick, is, yeah, we, we had a topic several months ago on homelessness, yeah. right, and what causes that, and what would be the cure of that, right? And just think if everybody took the opportunity to disciple their own kids, yeah. and how that could cure, you know, all these people that are on the streets, mm. and and their sense of hopelessness and um, what a cure that could be, right? Mm-hmm. If somehow you get to the individual parents to to teach this in their own home. And Jared, I get you, I'm with you. I, I don't feel like I'm worthy of, of knowing the in-depth, you know, um, meaning of all the verses of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But you can love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you just break it down to that and, and consistently meet people where they're at, with love and just act it, you know, and, and put a focus there. But I guess it, it's an ownership thing, Tom. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, that's right. And I think that would be, that's a real powerful piece for all of us to take away. And, and how are you going to own it in your daily life? So, so how I started that, that barrel ball rolling, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to learn more about the Word. I'm, I'm reading the Bible and all that. But I also... Um, I know it sounds simple, but, you know, when I drive, I try to not swear as much. I try to, <laughs> I try not to raise my middle finger, you know, especially with, the with your, with your and yeah, sticker on yeah, it. your stickers on the back. And, and so I, I try to, I try to, you know, stop and help people when they need help on the road. Um, you know, I, I do the things that I think show that I love other people. Um, and, and if that's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm starting is just behaving in a way that's more Christ-like um, or, you know, moving that direction anyway. Um, and my hope is that my children see a change in me and that I also, you know, I've rubbed off on them in other ways that, that you know, prior to my really accepting Jesus again, um, I rubbed off on them and showed them how to be angry, and mm. and showed them how to swear, you know, and, and so now I'm, I'm 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 repenting. Why well, everyone and, can feel that? And I want to see them. I want to I want to just keep leading by example. You know, uh, there's a good author that I I don't remember the name, but uh, he 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 mentioned something about you know cows uh, don't tell their their calves how to eat grass yeah. or how to you oh, know well. do do yeah. do certain things that they do whatever they do um, they their children learn by watching and mm. um, it's that simple it's that 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 repetitive behavior that you exhibit that really convinces you know that, that they just take on I never heard that analogy before but yeah, that's really what interesting. What your children are learning right now are when you really don't like who you become, uh-huh. how do you change? Yeah. That's what they're learning by watching you right now. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Listen, we are top of the hour, one minute challenge, closing comments. So I, I need go. to do a closing comment for um, the, question, the question is to all the parents out there, anybody listening, anybody in this room is 
who better to teach your children than you? The person is raising them, <laughs> ideally. Than you. Than, than you. And that is the original design. Our change life, our change behavior as a Christian is the fruit of our salvation. It's not faith plus works equals salvation. It's faith. Our faith in Christ gives us our salvation, which produces our good works. So kids, a lot of kids don't, don't understand that. And while we need to model what it means to be a Christian, at the same time, to understand faith, you have to contextually understand the Bible and what the gospel is. And the idea is, is that when we disciple our children outside of church and they start to contextually understand the gospel, guess what happens when they go to church with you? They start to contextually understand, oh, this is what the pastor's saying. Okay, I get this. It's starting to make sense now. It's starting to click. Hmm. And so, but if we take that parental teaching at the home away, going to church is just listening to somebody speak Chinese. Mm. <laughs> That's yes. really what it means. So oh. guys in our group, so a lot of them fell off. We had 13, now we're down to like five. And so I was talking so to some of them who have fallen away and they said, my dad is really into sports. And my dad, and another one's like, my dad really wants me to get good grades. And, grades. and so, and my, my dad wants me to really work and get good grades and be in sports. Mm. And so, and so they're like, there's only, I only have so much time. So something has to fall away. And so what has to fall away is the stuff that my parents aren't most concerned with. And that's church. Um, so what I'd say is we're all discipling our kids. Like you said, through our actions, we're discipling them and what we showed that is most important, whether it's sports, school, work, whatever it might be, that's what our children are gonna to lean towards. Now, if we start, if we wanna take this Christianity, this following Jesus seriously, like Rick's saying, we need to understand the Bible. And so, I love, I love how Greg has a plan that he, he wants to encourage us to start taking steps. With the new year coming, I'm going to be starting reading the Bible cover to cover throughout this year, and I'm, I'm willing to disciple anyone who, who wants to take that journey with me. Mm. And it will, I mean, there's some boring stuff in the, in the beginning pages yeah. of the Bible, <laughs> but there is some really rich detail that the Holy Spirit can pluck out in that boring text. Mm. And, and so, you, and by the way, you've done this before, multiple. Oh, I, I, I do it <laughs> But he's doing year. it again. But, but when you do that, right, you get first. And then going back to uh, G as we wrap here. Uh, to, yeah, well, first of all, parents. Again, you know I like to deal on logic. I hesitate because some of you don't like it when I talk like this. But for those doubters out there, if this is true, this is the most important lesson ever. More important than a college degree. More important than scoring a goal. This is, that stuff's temporary. That, I mean, that stuff will go away eventually, right? If this is true, that we're talking eternity, this is the, the most important lesson. But us parents, we're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this at a certain point where I put sports too important, right? Or work or grades too important. That's been a reoccurring theme. Um, let that lean on your hearts, guys, as you go back to your house and see your kids. Um, to be continued. So 
Faith obviously is a number one, but then also there's health. There's going to be other areas of life that people feel like they need to get better and improve upon. We're going to be writing down goals and then tracking, right? We have templates for those that want to do the templates. There will be a workshop at Jay's to be announced. So just let that lean on your hearts. Listen to Casey for those that want some one-on-one or with, with Rick and discipleship. And um, Hey, Tom, if I could yeah. really quick summation, because what you two are saying is really tying together tight with you're talking about how so many of your youth, their families are sports, school, work-oriented. And, Rick, you're reflecting on the, the fact that these things are things that society set up as categories. Don't make church, don't make your Christianity another category. So it's less about you need to take time off from your sports for church. It's more about you need to bring Jesus into your school, sports, all wherever you go, it should already be infused through your family. So instead of dad saying, well, you can't go to church because you need to get good grades, it's it's more about Jesus wants you, what is it, what is it um, work as if you're working for the Lord. Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna study math, and study math like that's what Jesus wants you to do. You know, bring it, infuse it in everything in your life. I think what you're saying is that like it's hard to teach what you don't have. Yeah. If we're not disciples, <coughs> Jesus calls us. Jesus says Christ is your life. Yeah. Christ, mm-hmm. or it says in scriptures, Christ who is your life. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's like if we don't have that ourselves, how how could we possibly expect to teach our kids? You know, that's it's right. like, yeah. so yeah, I think that's what I'm hearing you guys saying, yes. isn't that absolutely? Yeah. Yeah, and and it's not hard to be disciple. I mean, I just gave a book here that I'm going through right now, which is a, a one-on-one discipleship. Man, you can start out reading the Book of John, you know, with your with your kids. I use the American Apostle or uh, American Gospel movie. I watched the first thirty minutes, you know, which is a documentary with my daughter. She asked ten questions in thirty minutes. I had to keep pausing the movie. Um, there's right now media which has tons of resources, um, you know, on to help you as far mm-hmm. as video. So, and yeah, younger kids. What was the YouTube video as well? That's available on the Hosanna The YouTube side. video, as far as just on looking mm-hmm. at youth ministry as a whole, is called Divide. Divide. Divide, Divide okay. the movie. It's about a 50-minute or 50, <clears throat> 55-minute documentary. But the resources are out there. So, and, and, and this is the cool thing. You, It's the living word. I can read Ephesians over and over and over again. I'll get something different out of it every oh, single yeah. time. So as you go through the discipleship with your children, you're not expected to know everything. You are not God. You are a, you are still edifying your faith. You're going through your sanctification process. It's great to, to, to see something new that you didn't catch before with your kid. That's the bonding experience with that. So don't be afraid. I'm saying, you know, Jared, I'm, I guess I'm talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. Everybody. Do not be afraid to, ju- to say that I don't understand this yeah. book. There are people that study this book for their entire lives. They don't understand this book. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you that. I go through it over and over again. I don't understand this book. That's the best way for your children to learn how to read it, is for you to look at it and go, what? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We need to look into this a little more because that seems unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's what we're doing right here, right? They do the same thing and they dig deeper. In church, <coughs> as far as having to lead in a Christ-centered life, church is one of eight areas. There's the attributes of God. There's the Bible. There's prayer. There's spirit-filled life. There's fellowship, which is church, what we're doing right now. There's one of eight. And you get into witnessing to other people. You deal with temptation, being obedient to God. All of those things are combined. So church is once a week. It's fellowship, but there's six other days a week that we can be 
edifying our faith. That's awesome. Thanks. Excellent note to what end upon. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Listen, speaking of getting real and pursuing truth, where do you want to get stronger in 2020 and beyond? As you're quickly learning, we're not just about talk. We strive to walk it like we talk it. That means we tune into truth and get stronger in faith in Christ in all aspects of our life, whether that's health, physical, marriage, parenthood. If you're getting the pull, come along with us on this path of intentionality words into action, real results. Email me at djtommyp413, those are the numbers, 413 at gmail.com, and we'll give you these life sheets and plans that we're implementing. As we wrap, for those parents that grew up in the 90s, you'll remember this one. Empathize with your kids when they question you because that's exactly what you did. Here's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Will Smith, Parents just don't understand. And if you dig it, give them some love, add it to your playlist. And the next time your kid questions you, have some fun, play the song, and listen along. I tried to explain to my mom that I was going to have to go through about 200 more times.